Welcome to the OA Light a Candle meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs from these speakers, for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The, opin- the opinions expressed on the Light Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Ariel. Thanks. Thank you for everyone who does service here. Um, I need to get my bearings. I have not been to this meeting in quite some time. I am grateful that I get to sit tonight and the podium's not here. Um, I'm Ariel, compulsive overeater. Bulimic and restrictor. Hi. Um, what an honor to be asked to speak here. I love this meeting. There's so much recovery in this meeting. Of course, there are no birthdays tonight, so I have all the time in the world. Um, but yeah, I um, I owe my life um, to this program. Um, I, you know, I'm a compulsive overeater. I have struggled with my weight my entire life, and um, there are certain foods that when I, you know, have a bite and I just ingest them, I can't stop. I'm off to the races, and at the same time, I'm also a bulimic. Um, I like to literally have my cake and eat it too, and I want to be able to eat all my binge foods and and then um, not suffer the consequences. And um, I also have the restricting side of this disease. Um, So um, I'm blessed with all facets. Uh, And um, I know that, you know, from the get-go I had this, I believe it's nature and nurture. Um, You know, I have a long lineage of compulsive overeating in my family. Um, So it's definitely in the genes, and I know that my upbringing exacerbated it as well. Um, So, yeah. Just um, also apologies in advance if I am searching for my words. I'm just I've been in a like permanent state of sleep deprivation with uh, my little kids, and sometimes my head just goes blank. So <laughs> hopefully God will just speak through me tonight, um, and uh, I can help one person. Um, you know that's that's all I'm here for, um, and showing up and also just claiming my seat, which I need to do on a daily basis. Um, so I'll just start what it was like. Um, I grew up in, you know, a chaotic household where I did not feel safe. I did not feel taken care of. I did not feel stability. I did not trust. Um, definitely borderline personalities in my upbringing. Uh, a family member with big behavioral issues who constantly made me feel unsafe. Um, parents that, you know, I see now are doing the best they can, but, you know, in the moment, I I, I feel very lucky that I somehow survived my childhood um, because, you know, they were unable to take care of themselves in a lot of ways. Um, I also... I also come from um, an upbringing of downward mobility. I, I started out, you know in a very moneyed world in my childhood and things were taken away from me as I grew up um, because my parents suffered financial difficulties. So I was just um, 
I just always felt like things were going to be taken away, um, and there was no permanence. There was no there was no stability, um, and I also felt um, very out of place in my world all the time. I felt like I was surrounded by people who seemingly had it all, and I was coming from this very chaotic household, and and um, you know we just didn't have the means that they had. We didn't have the you know all the things, the material possessions that they had, and. And I like from to this day, but from a from a young age to this day, I just have this like very acute sense of like not only like how I'm showing up in life, but how other people are, and I'm like in a constant state of embarrassment for everyone. And <laughs> I know that that started from my childhood um, because I just had such eccentric personalities around me, and my response to that was like I feel out of I feel like everything's out of control. I'm going to get as small and quiet and, and just, like, you know, take up as less as little space as possible um, with, with my voice um, to make up for, um, you know, what I felt were, like, very out there um, eccentric personalities. So, um, so I, I, you know, I grew up in my childhood incredibly quiet, um, you know, no confidence, no voice. Um, like such a yes person to friends, such a people pleaser. I just wanted people to like me. External validation was so important to me. Um, I, I just allowed my entire self-worth to be based on, you know, the thoughts, um, my perceived thoughts of like, my perceived thoughts of what other people were thinking of me. Cause I, you never know, you know, like, you know, we always think everyone's thinking about us and everyone's thinking about themselves. And um, it took me a long time to learn that. Um, so so I was very quiet, um, definitely stuffed the emotions down with food. Um, you know, I grew up an overweight child. Um, I had um, people in my family who, you know, from a very young age taught me that, um, you know, there were good foods and bad foods. I, I knew about dieting, um, you know, I just, and I just always had a sense of food, you know, when other kids were, you know, more interested in playing or activities, I just always knew, like, the food, I just always had an eye on the food around me and, like, could see, like, who was consuming what and what, I, you know, planning what I would be consuming. Um, food just, like, had a very, um, it was just, uh, had a very important place in my life. Um, and there was also a lot of sneaking food because, you know, I had a mom who, like, was very ahead of the time with, like, a health craze and, like, you know, our fridge was just stocked with, like, soy milk and, and soy meat and, you know, I, of course, wanted all the fun treats that all my friends had um, and I felt like if my mom saw me eating anything that wasn't considered healthy, then I would be shamed, so... Um, so it was a lot of secret consumption of food and eating at other people's, you know, homes. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, just, I just was also very keenly aware that I was overweight and I didn't fit in with, with my friends who were smaller than myself. Um, what else do I want to say about childhood? So... Um, I, I feel like, you know, things kind of, 
things started shifting. My parents divorced when I was eight. I, I, I moved into um, a new area. Um, I, uh, and my mom was very, very um, busy as a single parent working. So I was left alone a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my habitual, like everyday, um, uh, activities were literally coming home from work, turning the TV on and stuffing my space with food. And, um, you know, food just like it, it was just my comfort. It was just, you know, my safety. It was my happiness. And I'm also, I also have a lot of, um, fantasy in my story. I felt like I was always trying to escape and be somewhere else because I just was not okay with where I was. Um, and it's so funny because thinking back now, like I remember going home and watching like Beverly Hills 90210 and being like someday, and I grew up in Chicago, someday I'm going to live in LA and things are going to be different. And that was just, I just, you know, just ironic. Um, anyways, uh, so so, yeah, so, and then on the weekends, I would be with my dad, and he would just, you know, because he felt like he didn't know how to regulate us, he would just let us eat whatever we wanted. So, my my weight was really up, I got made fun of for it, um, and then I started really dieting, I'd say, like, in junior high, and, you know, like, I lost weight for the first time, and I got positive affirmations, and, um, I got compliments for the first time, and it felt great. And um, as a, because I'm a compulsive overeater, you know, obviously, like I can diet, but I can't keep the weight off. Um, so of course, it came back on. Um, but I had a taste of it. I had a taste of it. And I felt like after that, like I just, I just like knew, I knew what it was like, and it was always in the back of my head that like I wanted to chase that again. Like that would be like my goal you know, daily for the rest of my life, chasing that feeling, chasing that body, chasing trying to lose weight again. Um, in high school, um, I I just, my, uh, a family member and I um, decided to uh, go to weight loss camp. And um, because I just, you know, decided that, like, I, I couldn't do it on my own. I needed to go someplace with the program. And, of course, when I was there, like, doubled up on the hardest workouts, you know, um, cut back on the food that they were giving me and restricted there. And I came home and I lost a lot of weight. And, you know, all of a sudden I felt like I was kind of, like, in this new echelon. Like, I, I tried out for cheerleading. I got it somehow, even though I was the worst cheerleader ever. Um, and... Uh, and I remembered, like, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season at first, like, my skirt was falling off of me, and I thought it was the best thing in the world. And towards the end of the season, it was so tight I could barely breathe um, because I just ate my way back up. You know, it was, it was always, like, once the diet's over, getting right back to the food. Um, but high school is also a time when, like, I started, like, you know, receiving some male attention, and, like, I, I felt like I was, like, I was getting tastes of this kind of life that I just, like, never dreamed that I could have um, because I was, like, you know, deep inside, I was still that, like, very quiet person who felt like they couldn't have an identity and, an, and a voice. Um, so it felt kind of great to, like, be in, you know, social situations that took me out of my comfort zone and and feeling like I was in the mix a bit more and, and, and kind of... You know, I was I was experiencing life on a different level. So, 
um, you know, struggled with the weight um, and, and definitely, you know, struggled still so, I mean, so much with the external validation. Um, and then the year before I went away for college, I decided, okay, like I need to let the, the weight needs to go for good. College is a whole new chapter. You know, I'm getting out of Chicago. Um, so I went back to weight loss camp and lost, lost the weight again because um, it worked the first time. And uh, I went to college, and I kind of, like, took on this new persona. Like, I, I joined a sorority. Like, it's, like, all of a sudden, like, what, you know, the anger and all the feelings inside that, like, I clearly had no tools or program at the time to deal with kind of, like, took shape into something else. And, like, I, I was, like, you know, super judgy myself and, and, like, a little too outspoken and, like, you know, kind of bitchy and, like, um, and it was just, like, this new persona that I'm not proud of, and, um, and I kept the weight off for a good amount of time in college, and I lived for the external validation of guys, I lived for the external validation of the other girls, um, I was kind of back in this, like, moneyed world, and I was completely pretending to be someone I wasn't, um, I, like, kept, like, the, like, financial difficulties of my family, complete secret. No one could know, like, what my parents did. Um, no one could know, like, who I really was. No one got to know the real me. Um, and that, you know, that does a number on you. Um, and in college was also when I started picking up bulimia. Um, I was definitely um, abusing laxatives. Um, I dabbled in, you know, Adderall and, you know, a few other things just in the, for the sake of the weight, you know, keeping the weight, weight off because I kind of felt like this new life that I had created was incumbent on me being skinny, um, and on me being a part of, I felt like me being skinny, me being a part of was because I was, I was skinny. Um, and, like, you know, deep down, I was not a happy person. I, I truly, I truly was not. Um, I was incredibly selfish. Um, and um, I was, like, you know, I, I see now, like, you know, prior to program, like, I could have gone down, like, that really, like, borderline-y path of just, like, blowing up my life and just, like, discarding people left and right. Mm-hmm. Um which, and so thank God, thank God that, you know, that was not the case, but, um, it was, college was fun, but it was also, like, a disaster. I was a disaster, um, and I came to LA right after college, um, you know, there's a theme of me needing to escape and me, like, not wanting to go home, um, like, you know, at all costs, I felt like this new life that I was building had to be so far away from my family of origin, um, because I just felt like they might engulf me back into their dysfunction, even though I couldn't see, like, that, like, I myself was, you know, a dysfunctional human being, um, at the time, um, and I came out here, I got a job pretty quickly in an industry that I had my sights set on, um, and so I, like, again, I got all the things, I got all the things, and it was just, it's never enough, like, my default setting in life is, like, it's never enough, everyone always has more, um, I, you know, constant imposter syndrome, like, I, like, I don't know what I'm doing, everyone else knows what they're doing, like, I just don't belong, um, 
So that's something that, like, you know, regardless of, like, you know, graduating school and, and getting a good job and, like, having friends, like, I just, I still just, like, couldn't, I couldn't, like, love and accept myself, um, which is really sad. Um, and I was raging, raging in this job in my eating disorder. Absolutely raging. Like, like it, this job was, like, um, it was, like, every day was, like, going to battle with the food for me. Truly every day was going to battle with food. I, um, I didn't stand a chance. Um, I'm not, I'm not cut out, I realize now. And not to say that, like, you know, the eating disorder is because of a location, because I know wherever you are, or wherever you go, there you are. But I do believe that certain situations do exacerbate the disease. And I know that I'm just not cut out for, like, a super cutthroat, um, world or like a certain type of a job that I was like trying so hard to fit into um and so I just didn't stand a chance every day I would come into work I'd be like not today not I cannot go for the food today and before I know it like I was you know it was and I'm a day I feel like I I, I hear a lot about night binging I'm a day binger which um I don't hear a lot of people talk about like I would I it was so uncomfortable for me to, like, sit at my desk without eating the food. Like, I had to eat. I had to constantly be eating just to get through the day because it was so uncomfortable. And in this particular job, I just felt like I just didn't feel like a valued member of of the company. And I know that this was all my own stuff. Um, but I – so, yeah, I would binge my way through the day. Like, sneak eating, my garbage can next to my desk would be, like, full by the end of the night. It was it was a disaster. And then the nighttime would be for me trying to get rid of it in every possible way. Um, and I just, like, I couldn't see that this was disastrous and that this was, you know, a living death. Um, so a close a close family member of mine actually, <laughs> I know it's, it's it, you know, it's attraction, that promotion, but I'm kind of thankful that this person, like, forced me to come to a meeting mm-hmm. um, against the traditions, and because I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it. I was in such deep denial. Um, so I was forced to come to a meeting. It felt like, I, when I came to my first meeting, I felt like my skin was on fire, um, I felt so deeply uncomfortable, and usually when I'm so deeply uncomfortable, or when someone makes me so deeply uncomfortable, it's because it's, like, holding up a mirror to myself, or it's, like, showing me something that I don't want to see in myself. Um, and uh, I didn't think I was going to come back. I, in my head, everyone was sicker than me. Um, I just, I couldn't look at my behavior and my part. And... Um, But something, you know, they always say something, you know, some seed is planted, something kind of sinks in, and something did, and thankfully, um, thankfully, I had the willingness to, to try the meetings, um, and I remember back in the day, I can't, I, I know that, um, when I qualified, I realized I left a few things out, but I, I want to say that I've been in program around nine years, um, it's a little hazy to me when I first came in. Um, Serenity Sunday was my was my home group, and I love that meeting. The recovery there is amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, I would go to the meetings. I got a sponsor right away. Um, I worked the steps. And, um, you know, I admittedly, when I came into this program, it was a lot about... 
you know, trying to lose the weight. Um, I, uh, I definitely used uh, sponsors and food plans kind of like a diet. I don't think that I, you know, fully surrendered to the program and fully, like, allowed, like, what the program means to sink in. Um, I thought that, like, a sponsor and a food plan would fix me. And I went through a lot of sponsors, um, and I went through a lot of food plans. <laughs> and my story also has relapse. I would get, and I and I and I heard someone share about relapse today. I I had a lot of relapse. I I've been in, you know, like I said, I've been in program nine years, and I meant to also say at the top of the meeting, I have a, a year and nine months of abstinence, and. Um, so clearly, you know, that shows you um, that I've not been absent the whole time. And, um, you know, it's I, I know, I so get it, being someone who relapses, like how hard and how, um, and how devastating it is because you know the program, you're working the program, um, and you, and like, again, for someone who feels like everyone else is getting it and you're not, you know, that definitely um, rang really loudly in my, in my head. Um, and I, and I actually heard someone on like a podcast recently say, like, you feel like everyone's at the party and you're at the party. And like, so I felt that way. Um, and there was a lot of frustration, but thankfully I kept coming back and, um, and I just kept, I kept working at, you know, I worked the steps multiple times with various sponsors through the big book which um, I recommend to anyone. And I want to say this also about my relapse. Um, even though I had multiple relapses, I this program 110% was still working through me and for me um, in small incremental ways. Um, you know, I, I was relieved of the bulimia um, for a lot of my time in this program. Um, and... Um, you know, the second I came in, I, I dropped the laxatives. I dropped, you know, like there was no, there was no pill taking. Like, you know, so different parts of the disease, kind of, you know, were were healed through this. Um, even though it didn't all happen at once for me, and I think, you know, also how I showed up in this world, um, like the the emotional mental recovery was also there. Um, so I, I think, you know, even through relapse, like there is recovery there. Um, and, and I'm, and looking back now, I can see like, you know, how I was being transformed, even though at the time, like, you know, there were times when like, I can't put the food down, but I knew that just by coming into program and working the steps, it was doing something for me. Um, I also hit a big bottom in this program, I, um, I was, I, my pregnancies were really hard as someone like who, uh, like gets triggered by being nauseous and someone who like, you know, the control piece is so hard to give up. Like, you know, obviously I have no control. This program teaches us we have no control. We need to surrender our lives over to a power greater than ourselves. Um, and on top of that, like, doubly feeling like when I was pregnant, like, I truly, truly, like, saw that I had no control over weight gain. That tripped me up. And I did have a big relapse with my first um, with my first child. And I was working with a sponsor who's, 
you know, has so much recovery and I was so excited to be working with. And this person like told me that I was nosediving and that I needed to go to uh, a treatment center. And I was like just beside myself and like I just was so angry and like the audacity of this person to think that I am so sick that you know like so like I still have that like I still like I'm so hung up in these images and these labels and like what I think it means to like need to go to treatment so I just I want to share this for anyone who has this in their story but I couldn't believe this suggestion um because like didn't you know I was pregnant and married and I have this great job and this, that, and the other, and it's like, no, like, I was coming home from where I was barely, you know, I, the term quiet quitting wasn't around then, but I was 100% quiet quitting, um, barely showing up, barely doing any of the work, um, eating my way through the day, coming home, crying, sobbing to my husband, that's, like, a whole other story about, like, um, the roller coaster of a ride that, like, he's been through with me, um, through this, this process and this disease, um, it was such a living death, and um, and I the best decision I could have ever made was going to uh, a treatment center, um, and grateful that I had the opportunity um, at the time to do so, and it was the best decision I ever made, and um, just to get away and have quiet time and 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 really focus on myself is like such a gift. So um, I I went and. Um, and I think after going, like, even though the food was definitely by no means perfect after that, um, I uh, I kind of just, like, had this new outlook coming back that, like, I had to put my recovery first. Like, there, like I just had to. Um, it, like, that, like, I could easily lose, like, a life that, like, I've built um, through this disease. I was not immune. Um and um, so, you know, I've, I've, had, I've had my two children, um, and um, the, the second pregnancy was also, um, you know, a time of, of me engaging in eating my alcoholic foods and not being sober with my eating. Um, so my abstinent date is actually the day that my daughter was born. Um, I, you know... I grew up with, you know, a lot of messaging about food and diet, and um, I grew up with compulsive overeating, and I obviously have zero control over how my children end up, but I did know that I wanted to be present, and I wanted to show up for them, and, you know, just just do, just do the best I possibly could, so... You know, it kind of was like a reality check on like, okay, I have two children now. Like, like I, I obviously like need to do this for myself first and format first and foremost. But, um, but I, I don't want to be, I don't want to miss life. I don't want to be taken out. I don't want to contribute to any kind of a chaotic, you know, household that I had growing up. And, um, and I heard, I heard, uh. I heard someone else say this, but, like, you know, if you want to be, like, a cycle breaker, and I love this, I, you know, like, the first step is not 
you know, treating your kids or treating someone else differently than you were treating, but it's treating yourself differently than how you were treated. And I know, like, with this program, it's like I have to put the oxygen mask on first um, before I can take care of, of anyone else, and I need that reminder. Um, so I just want to say I feel like I need to get into – oh, my goodness, I've been talking a lot. <laughs> wow, it goes by fast. Um, I just so the steps. I the steps were the steps and a higher power integral to me. My recovery, I mean, necessary. That is how I get recovered. Um, I I am a control freak, and I needed it like literally like beaten over my head that like I am not in control. I'm not in control. I need to surrender. Um, control gets me nowhere. Um, I, um, I, I need to do this with the community. I need to check in with people. I need to share my truth. This, like I said, I, I, like, grew up, like, being so, like, embarrassed of my upbringings, like, hiding who I was, hiding where I came from. And, like, in this program, I've just gotten to be myself, and I've just gotten to speak my truth, and it is, like, the best. It is, it is absolutely the best. Um... And the irony is, like, whenever I meet people who I feel like are, are trying to be someone they're not, like, it's just, like, it's so off-putting. Like, I, I love people, like, who show, like, their quirks and, like, who just, who just like, you know, are comfortable in their skin and just show up and, and they are who they are. And it's, like, um, I just, like, was so worried about everyone, like, you know, thinking that I should be a certain way. Um, so that has been, you know, huge in my recovery, just speaking my truth, sharing with the group, sharing with the sponsor, um, especially sharing my food with the sponsor every single night, texting her what I eat. Um, and uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, um, compare and despair was also um, was also a huge thing for me, you know, thinking that everyone – that everyone, you know, had it all and, and comparing comparing insides and outsides. And it's, like, it's just so funny to think about because I, I look at myself and it's, like, you know, on Instagram posting, like, the cutest photos of my kids or this or that, like, happy smiles and, you know, all this stuff. And it's, like, oh, but no one's seeing, like, the fight that I just had with my husband and no one's seeing, like, um, the resentments I just had with my family of origin. No one's seeing all this stuff. And it's like, if, if no one's seeing that with me, like, clearly other people are not showcasing that as well. So, like, what business do I have, you know, with the compare? Um, so, uh, sorry, this is moving all over the place. I need to get back to the steps. So, um, yes, the steps, uh, having a connection with a higher power, knowing and trusting that I am taken care of, um, that I don't know what's best for me, that there is a higher plan out there for me that I'm not privy to is, is such a relief. Um, with my job that I was talking about, that was such a toxic environment for myself, I held on for dear life trying to make it work, and I got fired over the pandemic. Thank you. I see it. I got fired over the pandemic, and I was devastated. I was licking my wounds, biggest ego, ego bruise. I was so upset. And, um, and then I ended up getting hired at a, at a company that was so much more my speed and just seeing 
just seeing my anxiety levels, seeing like how I showed up in the world, seeing my happiness just completely change. And it, it was night and day. And I, I, that was clearly God working in my life. Um, cause I, I, I never had the willingness to like quit or walk away. Um, and, um, what a blessing, what a blessing that I'm not there anymore. Um, Looking at my part, I was such a victim before I came to this program. You know, doing my inventory, seeing how I, you know, seeing how I show up, seeing my behavior, seeing the things that I need to make amends for, like the selfishness. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy that, like, everything was always everyone else's issue, problem, fault. Um... And I just, my, you know, my gut instinct was always just to run away and not confront things. So, like, having to do my inventory was, I think, the greatest gift of this program because um, because now, like, going through the motions of everything daily, I see my part. Um, I see, like, how I just get to be and, and worry about myself because, like I said, I want to control. And not only do I want to control myself, I want to control everyone else and direct the show. And my thing that I've just been saying daily is, like, please, God, bless them, change me. Um, because I I know that, like, in any conflict that I have or in any any resentments probably stem with, with something that, like, I did or thought. Um, and um, so... Yeah, and then just like having that pause, I'm I'm, I'm an imperfect meditator. I'm not going to come up and like <laughs> like pretend that like I I do anything in this program perfectly. Um, and even admittedly, at first when I was asked to share here, I I was going to say no because I was just like, oh, I'm not practicing the program hard enough. I mean, I'm getting to you know certain meetings, I'm not getting a meeting every day. Um, and then I heard another person share on the podcast saying that they've been saying no lately to to things and like you know this is by me saying no to this it's me getting even further away from my program you know having me be here it like connects me to to the community and to the program and to god so um where was i going with that i i i lost my train of thought um but uh oh yeah the pause um the connection um working the program showing up i have a sponsor um, I have a sponsee. Um, I'm currently working out of the OA 12 and 12 because I never had before. Um, and, and it's been, I, I, I enjoy answering the questions. I, I have worked through the big book multiple times, and I do strongly suggest to newcomers that um, you try out the big book because um, I, I just think that that's, you know, the source of recovery. Um, and um, what else? I, I have really close fellows. I have a, a really close fellow who I go on, like, biweekly walks with and check in with. I have other, you know, close fellows who we do, like, a biweekly, like, lunch. Um, this program is just so valuable, so important to me. I, I started going, and I also um, want to pitch going back in person. Um, I was talking to a fellow before this that, like, the Zoom meetings just kind of stopped working for me. I'm also just so Zoomed out from work, but, you know, just, I, I was not, I was not present, um, 
I was doing so many things in the background and like going back to the Monday morning uh, 10 a.m. cottage meeting has been incredibly helpful. It's been a complete game changer connecting with people. Again, um, what else? Yeah, outreach, um, meditation. I uh, currently don't have the opportunity to meditate as soon as I wake up. I do it um, once I drop off my son at school and, and my daughter, you know, is in her thing and I, and then I then make quiet time for myself and it just like, it, it completely, just completely shifts my, my perspective and my thinking. Even just, you know, for a few minutes sitting outside, listening to the birds chirp, um, feeling the sun rays, feeling, you know, and I, I connect through God, through nature. Um, so just feeling that presence of like something so much greater than myself um, it's just like this calm that washes over me. It, it, I mean, it's, it's medicine because I wake up in the morning like with my to-do list and with my, you know, with all my stresses, with my anxiety, and and I need that to put my hat on right um, so I can show up for life um, or else I'm just like buzzing with frenetic energy throughout the day and I'm of no use to anyone. Um, and... What else do I want to say? Yeah, I, I don't weigh in terms of food. Um, I, I need some boundaries. I need some um, routine. But I also, you know, in certain situations like going out to dinner, you know, like I allow myself to go to dinners and restaurants, you know. So I like to also say that I wear like a loose garment. But, you know, I, I don't weigh measure. I, I will at home weigh my protein. I basically know what, what it should look like. I don't, um, under any circumstance, uh, eat my alcoholic foods, which are sugar, flour, most processed things. Um, they don't work for me. I don't mess around with them. I have the same breakfast every single day. I am, like, such a strong believer in, like, some routine and, like, knowing that, like, I'm going to get this certain thing to start off my day that feels good for me, that gives me the energy I need, you know, that, um, that feels good in my body. So, like, if I'm traveling, um, it's thankfully it's an easy breakfast that I can transport with me. Um, so, uh, it just, it just sets me up right knowing that I have this. And then, um, and then my food pretty much looks like the same every day, but like, you know, after this and apologies, I'm going to have to run out quickly after like I have an event and like, you know, like I'm going to go and like, I, I know the foods that work for me and I'm allowing myself to eat, you know, so I, I still thankfully get to, you know, participate in life but I just I know for me I, I don't go near those alcoholic foods it's not worth it one bite is way too many there are no no bites that are enough um so that's my food I talk about my abstinence um so so I define my abstinence as no binging no purging I don't put specific foods on my list even though I don't touch them, just because it's, like, a mental thing. Like, if I feel like I have certain foods on a list, I feel like it's a diet. And um, and, and then I it, – it just, like, gets to me. So um, that's just part of my food plan. And um, I don't pre-commit my food either. For me, that messes me up too. I feel like I'm on a diet. For some people, it works. And that's another – last thing I want to say is, like, I spent so many – I spent so many years in this program um, trying to imitate other people's – food plans, other people's programs, and it just wasn't working for me. Like, this, I feel like this program is so individualized, and what works for one person may not work for another. Um, so this is all just what works for me. Um, and, um, and, yeah, I just, 
I, I, I learned that the, I learned that like the long and hard way that I just needed to find what works for me. So, um, so yeah, I don't weigh measure, but, um, I have three meals, two snacks a day. Um, and, uh, I think that's, I think that's it. <laughs> I think I'm done. Thank you. Um, thank you. So um, the question was, can I talk about the middle period between when I got let go from the company that wasn't working for me and um, before I got hired at the newer company that, that worked for me much better? Um, yeah, actually, so that so during that time period for me, I was actually pregnant and, and struggling with the food um, during that time. So I actually started working with a sponsor who's like, oh, well, there's the time, I guess. Oh, that's not the time? Oh, okay. Oh, I started working with a sponsor who's actually like, you know, like part of like a, a sub-fraction of this program where like, you know, it's like very no-nonsense. Like I like, you know, was going to a meeting every single, every single day, calling, um, you know, only people who were deemed recovered, like, <laughs> Three, three of them, three of them a day, um, doing step work all throughout the day, and um, I'm, I'm not saying I recommend this to anyone, but like I kind of like threw myself all into program, and um, I uh, it worked. It worked for a while, and then like I realized for me, what worked was like having like maybe like a little bit of a gentler program. Um, where am I going with this? Um, I had to sit through the discomfort. It was, it was hard. It, and then, uh, and you know, this is not program related, but I actually kind of did take up a hobby that became like a like a pseudo mini side hustle. And like actually doing something, talking, connecting with people, and doing something that kind of like made me feel like I was doing something esteemable and like had some pride in it, like really helped. So that's not a complete program, but that's what helped me. Yes, you are, you know.